1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today's episode is another in our series for celebrating diverse voices in the classroom. This episode is coming out just at the beginning of Black History Month 2021, and we need to always, always make sure it's abundantly clear that while we are talking about celebrating uh, cultural heritage months... This is absolutely just an opportunity for us to really showcase and highlight some of our favorite authors and artists within these different cultures and heritages, but we are teaching these voices all year, every month of every year, because people are people every month of the year. Am I right? Uh, you are so right. And and if you guys have not listened to some of our other Celebrating Diverse Voices
0: episodes, uh, Marie and I will always accompany these episodes with a free download. Um, because one of the goals of these episodes is not necessarily to introduce major works that are going to completely change the trajectory of your curriculum. Because we know that that's a very long conversation with other people that you'll need to have. Um, so in these episodes, we try to feature... Um, sort of unknown writers or different types of lesson experiences you can have with your students. Um, For the most part, what we're going to share with you are opportunities for close reading um, and authors that have pieces with great short segments where you can really examine authors' voice and glean important understandings from that person's cultural background and heritage their experience as it comes through their voice in these small segments. Um, Of course, there's lots of full-length texts, especially Black History Month. Oh my goodness, so many brilliant and gifted uh, Black writers and authors that there are to celebrate, Um, but what Marie and I want to give you are definitely some little slivers, things that can be inserted in between other things all year long
1: without having to do a total overhaul. And if you are working in a total overhaul, this is supplemental. This is to add to it or take some of these titles that we're using and blow them up into full-blown units. That's actually one of the things we're talking about today is going to be a unit that I am currently working on. So let's dive in, shall we? And then we can get into some specifics. Cue the music. So as Amanda was saying during our introduction to the episode, um, we are going to be giving you some ideas of some different names, some different titles of different works that we use in our own classrooms, Um, and that's what we've done in our other Celebrating Diverse Voices episodes. Today also we're going to be looking at different types of text. We talk a lot about novels, we talk a lot about poetry. We talked a lot about short story. Um, And today we have some different ideas of different genres and different formats of text to not just diversify the voices, but diversify the format of text in your classroom um, for some good engagement. And there are just so many amazing artists out there that we don't always as English teachers, especially, but as just teachers in general, we kind of get into the day-to-day grind, not kind of, we get into the day-to-day grind of things and it gets hard to see the forest through the trees sometimes. So this is one of those moments to kind of like put your head up a little bit and like peek around. Um, Amanda, shall we start... Where do you want to start? Shall we start? You know, I know actually you have some pretty good ideas for especially like really high level literature. So we're kind of on that strain talking about novels and that sort of thing. Why don't we start there?
0: Yeah. So, okay. So an author that I feel like I only really chat about other with other teachers is in kind of like the AP lit community because she is just that talented. But, um, I want to share with you the author Octavia Butler. Um, if you're a ELA teacher and maybe you're teaching middle school you're teaching freshmen, you might, you might not have heard of Octavia Butler. You may not have taught her before. Um, but Octavia Butler is an incredible author. Um, she is, she is deceased at this point. She did die in February of 2006, but Man, her canon of work is just fascinating. Uh, Butler, she's known for her science fiction writing, mm-hmm. and which is just a, a genre that, of course, dystopia and science fiction, like, come on. Like, that is, like, totally my jam. I would highly recommend, if you guys haven't already checked it out, um, the Parable series. So in her Parable series, you basically got a young protagonist and you've got dystopia in California in the, wait for it, 2020. (laughs) So reading, (laughs) reading Octavia Butler now is gonna, is gonna throw you a little bit. Um, but if you like Margaret Atwood, um, you know, if you really like that kind of a thing, she is an awesome person just to add to your own personal library. Even if you don't have kids, that you think can handle some of the really cerebral themes and topics of her literature. Um, She's someone that you should definitely add to your own personal library, if not also to your classroom library. But that's where I would start, would be with the Parable series. She's got the Parable of the Sower um, and Parable of Talents. And I think you guys would really like that. She's relatively new to me. I did not learn about her in college. Um, she came to me through an AP workshop that I went to a couple years ago. And I just drool over those parable books. They were so, so good. And I've learned a lot about her in, in my past. And I think we're celebrating black writers Um, I don't think Octavia Butler comes to the top of the heap very often. I mean, we talk a lot about Toni Morrison and uh, Zora Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, We talk about Lorraine Hansberry, these like amazing, really well-known writers who are so gifted and so worth all the spaces that they inhabit. Um, But if you're looking for someone who's maybe not always in the spotlight, um, I think Octavia
1: Butler is a great, a great writer to check out um, this year. Well, and another cool thing you could do, I mean, because I know how many teachers we've had go through curriculum rehab, specifically English teachers, but teachers in general, who have prescribed curriculum. And one of those things that they have to teach, let's say at like the ninth grade level, is The Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury. Or even at like the sophomore level, we've got Fahrenheit 451. Um, what a cool pairing to take close reads of her parable series and really let students dig into some author's craft and author's voice and be able to look at these, these texts side by side. Because I know in, in the movement to decolonize our curriculum and to diversify the voices that we are presenting to our students, there are a lot of roadblocks in especially American educational systems and culture. Um, and some of those roadblocks we as teachers actually can't get around, like depending on where you are and where you're teaching. Uh, so if you're stuck, here's a way to unstuck yourself and broaden the scope for our students.
0: I think she's like a perfect example of someone who you're gonna get a lot out of a close read out of a two paragraphs. So I would if you're if you're feeling the feeling the vibes here, (laughs) go read the books yourself and then find those passages that mirror other things that you're teaching, either in author's craft, in theme, um, in characterization. Um, those things are even better, I think, in small chunks because kids are so laser focused. Um and then you are also broadening that scope of voices in your classroom, which is an amazing uh, two-for-one kind of lesson. That's awesome.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So totally pivoting from the format and the genre of novels, I have, I like to teach smaller texts Anyways, I love teaching novels, but I also like using smaller texts as a really like deep dive focus in my classroom for either a concept or an essential, qu- whatever it is that we're looking at. Um, and so a title that I have for you actually comes in two formats. You're welcome. It is a short film, an Oscar winning short film, and a children's book. It is called Hair Love by Matthew A. Cherry, and it is so good. I'm not hoping gonna... you get a box of Kleenex, though, because yes. all the feels. Well, and the beauty of it here is that this children's book is just vivid. It's one of my daughter's favorite books. You go, okay, yeah. everybody can connect to literature, even a four-year-old who really is not even quite pre-reading yet. Um, but looking specifically at like the lesson download that we have for you guys, if you head to our show notes Mm -hmm. at author's voice, um, the short film, I mean, I love the children's book as well, but the short film hair love is just so good. And it's a wonderful way for students to practice different skills of, uh, extracting evidence from a text and to close quote unquote close read a text that is in a visual format like film. Um, it's just a really cool way to do it. So like, I love using film. I love using in video. I love using children's books and like really boiled down ideas and boiled down stories to the most simplistic uh, forms for introducing ideas. But it also works really, really well for practicing close read analysis and for practicing extracting uh, evidence and that sort of thing. And hair love is it's a seven minute film and you can get it on YouTube for free. Like it's, no-brainer.
0: So it's incredibly powerful. I've actually used it as a pairing with Raisin in the Sun. Mm-hmm. If you guys have ever had the, the opportunity to teach Raisin, um, I've always struggled with the scene where Beneatha talks about her hair. Um, and even as a white female teacher, I've struggled to teach this play um, because so much of it is tied into Black Identity. And so I found that um, branching out and pairing those characters with other types of text has been super helpful for my students, especially. And so I've actually paired Hair Love, which is this little girl's experience, um, to Benita's experience, and had the kids do some writing about how critical um, hair and assimilation, you know, because for Benita, for those of you who haven't read it, you know, is really kind of stuck between two worlds. She's really proud of her African heritage, but at the same time, she's changing herself to fit in with American culture. And I think a lot of students can relate to that, whether or not it's your African culture or heritage, it could be, it could just be something different about your family. I mean, there's lots of different ways that this book then opens the door for that conversation. And just for understanding a character in literature at a whole nother level and appreciating um, her struggle and why things are so hard for Benita. I just, oh my gosh, I have so much love for her. And I think uh, Benita's story is so raw. I oh, love, absolutely. I just love talking about
1: her. Well, and I mean, in a lot, if you think of too, like a lot of the literature that we teach our students or the stories that we bring to our students have adult protagonists. Right. <laughs> and it's so hard for our teenage and preteen students to connect and see themselves in an adult. So right. if we bridge that gap with young, they've all been a little kid everybody can understand some emotion of a little kid, whether or not they've experienced anything close to what the little girl in hair love experiences, right? Like there's still that moment of I've been at least that age before. And so that, that even builds a small bridge um, and talk about authentic voice too. Like it's, it's an authentic cultural voice. Um, Speaking of authentic voice, the last genre that we want to cover today, if you guys really, if we really want to, in our classrooms, teach authentic, diverse voices, memoir. Hands (laughs) down. People speaking and writing their own experience, it doesn't get more authentic than that. Right memoirs and excerpts of memoirs and interviews about a memoir. Um, And yeah, there are some amazing, that's actually the unit that I am working on right now for my juniors. They're going to be doing a choice memoir unit. And I asked them before this last winter break. So a couple months ago, I asked them, Hey guys, we're going to be doing a memoir unit. What prominent Americans, because it's American lit, do you want to learn about? And I got so many students saying that they want to study um, Barack Obama's new book. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think? A Promised Land. Promised Land. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, has a very prominent display in my own living room, like right behind the couch. Um, And I was like, you guys, it's so long, but okay. (laughs) It's really long. It surprised me that I'll... These Six, 16 and 17 year olds were like, I want to read A Promised Land. <laughs> um, but like talk about an authentic voice, right? Like it's his own words.
0: Well, and I, and I think one of the struggles that we're finding ourselves in here in the English teaching community is that we rely very heavily on fiction yes. and, and some of the muddy water when we're talking about, again, decolonizing curriculum and really having conversations about black lives and, and, and when we have characters we have more conflicts in deciding which characters are correctly representational, which characters are um, are not being featured enough, right? It, it becomes very difficult and it's, and it's a, a conversation that needs to be had um, and it needs to be evaluated within our school. And we want to give authentic voice a chance. memoir is a critical component of that. Um, and so if we're thinking, and Promised Land is awesome. I, I have to tell you, I'm listening to the book right now. Um, chapter one was, I have never felt so like convicted to be a, what, what do I, how do I want to say this? To be like a really involved citizen. I mean, his he's incredibly, honest yeah. about what kind of a screw up he was as a teenager mm-hmm. and that what his priorities were in high school, they were not getting good grades. And I think it, it, he does a really good job of like peeling back the veil on what we deem the presidency to be, you know, like I think we think it's this really fancy and high and mighty and that in order to get there, you have to have this really prestigious upbringing and you know go to private school or whatever. And he just peels all of that away. He talks about like what he wanted to do, go you know, drinking beer and, um, mm-hmm. uh, You know, only caring about girls and sports, and it's so readable. I think for teenagers, and I think that um, if if you can get away with it in your in your school, and it's not going to be a huge political mess for you. I mean, just talking about him as a teenager and then becoming president, I think is just such a, a great conversation to have with students about what that all means, how that all looks, and just his perspective is very fresh. And the audiobook read in the author's voice
1: is another huge win. Once again, talk about authentic voice. Um, another, I mean, and since we're really focusing on the, the, the larger genre of memoir, um, I would say Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson is, it's, it's, it's been circulating, especially the ELA world, yes. for a hot minute, and, and it bears repeating. Like, that is a phenomenal story to be told. And, um, I'm trying to remember there are some, and they, they don't even all have to be so current, so contemporary. Um, but just like thinking through, they can be prominent Americans or, you know, like just, just getting the experience of real people. And we're talking about black history month. So like real authentic black experience is, uh, invaluable. It's invaluable.
0: And I think memoir, and like we said, if we're using this idea of close reading passages and paired passages, memoir offers that so easily because I feel like memoir is written that way in yes. these kind of digestible chunks. It's really meant to be very, um, reader friendly. You're not going to get lost in symbolism and metaphor
1: and things no, like it's that. Storytelling. It's storytelling exactly. is sharing an experience. Absolutely. Use, th- line them up for your first chapter Fridays, whatever you're yeah. doing. Like these are these are a great,
0: and we'll we'll add more into the show notes, guys, with our list of, of people to check out and texts to check out. Um, but think about those those ways in, right? So whether it's fiction and looking at some more unknown and unread Black American authors, maybe it's going to be looking at short stories and, and actually children's books and video. Maybe it's going to be looking into into memoir. But those are great ways to approach. Revitalizing your curriculum and building in the voices that are missing is, is going to be through those kinds of ways to begin. And then we're going to get bigger and bigger and, and more involved.
1: Absolutely. Well, like we said, make sure that you head to our show notes for a bigger list of some of our favorite authors and some different, um, maybe lesser known names that we think are worth checking out. And make sure that you download our close reading author's voice activity resource that we have for you. And thank you guys so much for joining us today. We will see you next time.